This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. So this episode is sponsored by Inside Tracker. I'm so grateful to have them on board for the podcast. And there's really no better fit than Inside Tracker for this series specifically. Inside Tracker was created by leading scientists in aging genetics, biometrics, and Inside Tracker analyzes your blood, DNA, and fitness tracking data to identify where you're optimized and where you are not. We put so much time and energy into running or whatever it is you personally are passionate about and I just think to be able to know what your levels are especially for your iron and things like that it's key so with inside tracker they will take your blood panel and then they will give you those results and give you an ultra personalized performance system that analyzes all the data from your blood DNA lifestyle and it will help you learn how to optimize your body and reach your goals for a limited time you can receive 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store when you go to insidetracker.com slash another. If you go to that exact landing page, that should automatically apply the 20%. If that's not working, just use the code another and that will get you 20% off. Today on the podcast, Gabby Jennings is joining us. She is a pro runner for Adidas. She runs with Team Boss. And she is just at the beginning of her professional career, which is really exciting. She placed fourth at USA's over the summer. She represented USA at NAC-AX this year. And uh, Gabby is from Louisiana where, get this, she had 44 state titles to her name in high school. And that might be confusing, right? Because how do you get 44 state titles? There's only four years. Well, she's gonna tell you how that happened in this episode. I loved getting to know Gabby. I know you're going to love getting to know her as well. Go give her a follow, the underscore Gabs on Instagram. Friends, I hope that you will join me at the Donna Marathon weekend in Jacksonville, Florida. Man, it's coming up quick. The weekend of February 3rd through 5th. If you are training for a fall mar- or a spring marathon, not a fall marathon, a spring marathon, get the half on your calendar and test your fitness. See where you're at. It's a flat course. It's super fun. It supports breast cancer research and families walking through a diagnosis. It supports them as well. This is such a special race. They have a 5K, a half marathon, and a marathon. And you start and finish at Jacksonville Beach. You do not run on the beach. I'm going to have a big meetup. It's going to be a blast, and I hope to see you there. I go every single year. I wouldn't trade this race for the world. The people behind it are so special. Go to breastcancermarathon.com. Use the code Lindsay10 for 10% off your registration and send me a note in our Facebook group. I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine. Let me know you're going to be there. Uh, We have an event created in the Facebook group where you can RSVP so we can all kind of see who's going to be there. Uh, It's going to be a blast. Breastcancermarathon.com. Use the code Lindsay10 at checkout for your registration for 10% off. All right, friends, leave us a rating and review if you enjoy this episode and please enjoy my conversation with Gabby Jennings. All right, Gabby Jennings on the podcast today. Welcome to All Have Another. Thanks. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Excited to get this going on right before Thanksgiving. Are you headed home for Thanksgiving? 
I'm actually not going to head home. Uh, I wanted to, but I have a race coming up in a couple weeks. So I uh, figured I'll save a little bit of money, not flying all the way back home for a couple days, <laughs> uh, just for a couple days. So uh, I'm actually going to go spend Thanksgiving with one of my teammates in Colorado Springs. Oh, I'm so glad you have teammates to do that with. Yeah, it'll be good. The, uh, most of the girls, I think, are staying in Boulder. So they kind of do their own little like Friendsgiving. So that's kind of nice. Mm, that is nice. I We recently moved-ish and um, we're staying where we live now instead of going home to our family as well. And it's kind of weird. You know, I think feel like this is the first Thanksgiving I won't be like with either my family or my husband's family. But yeah, it just didn't feel like making the trip. Yeah. I mean, flights are super expensive right now. So like it's, I don't, I don't blame you. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll go home for Christmas for a little bit uh, because I'm not going home for Thanksgiving. So hopefully we can like even it out a little bit. <laughs> That's the other problem. Thanksgiving and Christmas are so close that it's like yeah. you're going home back to back like four weeks apart. Yeah. Yeah. I did that last year and I actually drove home for Christmas because I wanted to pick up some furniture that I d- hadn't moved in like out to Boulder yet. Uh, that was still at my house in Louisiana and I have a tiny little car, so I actually couldn't fit much, but it's a 20 hour drive. Uh, so it was a trek. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed doing road trips and stuff like that. I've done a lot of road trips in my day, but that was a little too much, uh, with like training and like, I was driving through like a snowstorm on the way back up and it was, uh, it was a lot. <laughs> I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> You're the second team boss, uh, person that said they enjoy the road trips. Emma Bates, same thing. Yeah. I'm like, that's so much time. Like, <laughs> did you stop? You stayed the night somewhere, right? I do. Yeah. I have family that lives in Dallas and it's like, about eight hours from my home in Slidell, Louisiana and like 12 hours from Boulder. So it's like a sort of halfway stop. It's, it works. And I never get to really see my family there anyway. So um, it's kind of nice to just like drive through and spend the night with them. Yeah, that's good. That's so funny that that Emma Bates said that. She definitely is a driver. Yeah, she's a little explorer. (laughs) Yeah, she was saying during COVID, she made the hike. I don't know. I can't remember where she's from. Baltimore or Maryland or DC. She she made the hike from point A to point B and it was far. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, she does. Like, I mean, honestly, she goes out and just wanders around with her dog, Muka, in the mountains sometimes just like by herself in season out of season like I mean the mountains are so close to us like it's I should spend more time in the mountains but I'm just always tired she has so much energy yeah (laughs) like I don't know how she does that as a marathoner well she's been (laughs) she's been professionally training for a few more years than you have I guess that's true that that makes me feel better (laughs) (laughs) how do you feel in the mountains though do you get nervous of like wild animals and stuff actually yes um I have this really weird fear of like mammals that can like maul you I mean (laughs) Um, yeah (laughs) because I feel like usually where I'm from in like Louisiana and like the south in general you just stay away from the water it's like anything with like scales or like that looks kind of slimy like it could kill you so it's easy to stay away from that but it's like oh I'm just wandering around my neighborhood and there's literally like a bear (laughs) and it looks so cute and cuddly but like and I know that black bears I have this like weird fear specifically of bears. Um, and so, um, yeah, everybody's like, oh, black bears aren't that scary, but like the brown bears, like grizzlies and stuff are the ones that you need to be scared of. But a bear is a bear. And I don't, I don't trust like these like cute little fluffy mammals that 
could easily kill you. (laughs) Why do you look so cute? (laughs) I know. I don't, I think that that would be the hardest thing for me to like want to go adventure out in the woods. Yeah. I mean, I, there have definitely been some like mountain lion spottings, like kind of near where I've lived. So it's, it does make you think twice about like going on a run by yourself sometimes in like a kind of secluded area, like near the mountains. Cause I mean, they, most of the animals don't venture too far. I'm like a few miles away from the foothills, so it's not terrible. But um, when I was like living in North Boulder, um, some of the neighborhoods like right up on the mountain range would get a lot of like mountain lion spotting. So I'm like, ah, that's just too scary for me. Because yeah. <laughs> what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> scary. So you've moved from that area though. Yeah, I when I first moved here, I was living uh, in North Boulder. And now I live in Gun Barrel, which is like, uh, two miles up the road. It's, it's a little bit cheaper. But also like, it's right off of this trail that we run on all the time called Lobo. Um, nice dirt trail. There's a lot of really good running. And we meet up for all of our runs, like kind of in that area. And it's like closer to Niwot. So that's like where we do all of our track stuff. So it just like made sense to just kind of it's also quieter mm-hmm. in this area. And it's kind of just I don't know. It's kind of a slower change of pace and and I kind of like it. So (laughs) I think this is a good spot. I I intend to stay here for a while. (laughs) Um, Did you anticipate being in Boulder after you graduated college? Uh, I think like ever since I had like kind of, I think my first like exposure to Boulder in general was like seeing Tin Man all the time on Instagram and like Uh seeing their videos that they would post. And like, I was like, wow, this looks like, an endurance athlete's paradise. And I had actually visited Flagstaff as well, like my fifth okay. year, just to kind of like get an idea. And I was like, wow, it just seemed like there's like really not much else out here. I like, I don't know, the idea of Boulder kind of was like in my head for a while, um, kind of like my senior year. And my significant other at the time was just like, oh, like, yeah, it would be fun. Like, so we went and visited Boulder for me, like for the first time during COVID in like the summer of 2020 and stayed with an old college teammate. And I was like, Oh, I love Boulder. Like, I just want to live here so bad. So yeah, I do think like, I, I wanted to end up in Boulder no matter like, I mean, there's like 20 gazillion teams out here. So, right. Um, so yeah, I was like, I want to end up in Boulder. Like whoever I end up with, you know, it'll be good. Like as long as I'm here running hard at altitude, like things will work out and I'll get better. So, um, yeah, I definitely like had my eyes on Boulder for at least like the last like year or so before moving here. You really wanted to land on a team though, that didn't have to have like a sponsor affiliation though, right? Honestly, it didn't really matter to me like that much. I mean, there's definitely pros and cons to having like a team sponsored or like, like a, a sponsored team um obviously you get a lot of stuff paid for and it's kind of like a nice little like mm-hmm. deal wrapped up in a little bow it's like mm-hmm. a little package that you can have but also like I do enjoy that like Adidas has given me the freedom to like choose who I want to train with and who I want to be coached by where I want to live and like I can build all of my um like my little like team like, in a way like like if I want to like see a certain doctor like I don't have to go to this certain Mm -hmm. doctor that like only this team would like pay for or whatever. Like, you know, you kind of have the freedom to like build what works best for you. So I think like it is nice in a way to like have, like, I know it is nice to have like be on a team that is sponsored because you don't really have to think for yourself and like 
everything's already taken care of and you just kind of it's it's almost like college in a way but at the same time it's like if one thing doesn't work will I have the freedom to be able to like seek out like a third party or like a second opinion or like whatever like so yeah if I could swing it I definitely did want to like do my own thing and like figure out what was best for me yeah Ooh, that makes sense yeah you, you I get that. Like on a team, less decision fatigue. It's just like, this is what we do. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like, okay. Yeah. Huh. If, if, like if it doesn't work out though, it's like, well then is the whole, is the whole situation bad? Like, like how, you know, so it's yeah. like, eh, it's, it's like a pros and cons thing for sure. There's like, I wouldn't have minded either way, but I think I definitely appreciate the way that it turned out. I yeah. think that um, I have enough responsibility, self-responsibility to, get everything done and and figure things out by myself like my fifth year I was booking travel and like you know doing all this stuff like by myself and so I think that was good practice um to like do what I'm doing now which is like kind of taking care of myself so yeah yeah. that's awesome um (laughs) so Louisiana where you're from yeah (laughs) has your family always been in Louisiana um yeah yeah I actually never like I grew up in the same house that my parents still live in oh, so really? is your bedroom <laughs> yeah. different I mean you're not that far removed but like do they still have your like childhood bedroom stuff up uh kind of yeah. my sister and I shared a room growing up and so the moment that I left she like took over my half of the room okay. and uh now since we're both out of college and just like doing our own things like now it's just kind of like a storage room we've got all of our stuff from college that we like never took with us to our like adult lives um still at our old house in our old room and my mom's a little uh aggravated with us she's like if you don't want it just throw it away or sell it because like I'm tired of it just taking up space so um our room I mean there's some of the same stuff we've like repainted though and like tried to turn it into like a little bit of guest room but yeah there's just a ton of like extra furniture and like beds <laughs> every time you come home your mom is going to be sending you home with like another yearbook or like yeah. just more <laughs> stuff gets sent home every single time that's what will yeah. happen to you for the next 15 years I'll tell you that right now yeah every time I go home we go through we go through like a bin she's like just promise me that we'll go through like one bin and yes keep stuff throw it away <laughs> like I'll put it in the garage if you, if you want it but you don't want to see it I'm like at this point, the stuff that I have in Boulder is like what I want. If it's not in it, like out of sight, out of mind, like if it's not here with me, it's probably never, I'm probably never going to think about it. Just throw it out. Like I know it's sad, but I, I know. mean, it is what it is. You can't take it with you when you die. I always yeah. think that I'm like, does this really matter? But it is, it is hard to get rid of the like sentimental things. Yeah. And my mom, like, she still has like all of our like school projects from like high school and stuff. <laughs> like so she, she is like a sentimental person. And so she likes to keep some of that stuff. So I'll like, I'll go through it and I'm like, okay, I don't want this, but you check to see if you want it yeah. <laughs> like, for whatever reason you want. Like, um, so yeah, it's, it's a process. It goes through phases. <laughs> I love that you and your sister shared a room. My boys all share a room and I'm like so pro room sharing because you go to college, you share a room, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? You learn how to like yeah. have to live with other people. So I'm like, you're all staying in that room together for a very long yeah. time, <laughs> even if we have an extra bedroom. Yeah, it's like a rite of passage. I mean, my sister and I, like, because we were kind of close in age, um, I don't know, we're less than two years apart, 
So my mom actually like dressed us up as like a matching set growing up. Like we were kind of like twins and like wore the same things because she she's actually a lot bigger of a person than I am. She's actually six one. Oh wow! Uh, I'm the shortest person in my family, and I'm like right under five seven. Okay. Uh, wow, your yeah, sister's six family, one. My family's just a group of giants, honestly. Really? <laughs> yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know where I got the short end of the stick, literally. But actually, I like my height. Yeah, um, you're still it's, like it's a pretty, good for running. Yeah, you're pretty, like, pretty good height. Yeah, I think I think I'm I think I'm a great height. Um, so, um, self appreciation. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I guess I was a little undercooked. My sister, because I'm the oldest, my sister uh, is a middle child. She's six one, and then my younger brother is six three. Wow. Uh, yeah. So, but yeah, we were kind of like the same like size growing up oh, always sure, until she younger. like surpassed me yeah so um yeah we would I don't know there was always like this like slight comparison game in a way but like we kind of fought a lot just like squabbled a little bit you know like how sisters do but um when we started getting older and like getting like interested in in boys we would like <laughs> she's gonna hate me if she ever hears this. <laughs> she probably won't uh, listen will she <laughs> I don't know I'll, I'll tell her I mentioned her and she probably would but um we would have this conversation at night uh where we this I think this was when we started to like become best friends mm. uh we would start having these like little gossip hours at night where we would be like we would call it socks mm. uh because we were like we need like a discreet code word so that we and like talk about boys at night before we go to bed so anytime that like something dramatic would happen with a boy in our lives so like we'd walk past each other and be like socks like we're gonna talk about this later (laughs) and then we uh, yeah so then we would yeah we would start (laughs) we we would stay up late uh what how old were you when that started happening uh we were I was I was probably like a sophomore in high school, and so okay. she's probably in like eighth grade. Yeah. Okay, so you're a little bit older. I'm trying to figure out. Yeah. My kid, my oldest is still ten, so we're still young. Just trying to figure out yeah. when are kids starting to talk about this kind of stuff. <laughs> middle school, probably. I don't even remember middle school. I guess middle school. I feel like I feel like it started happening like when we started going to like summer camps, like away from our parents yeah. and stuff. And we noticed like, ooh, we have the freedom to like flirt with boys. Uh-huh. <laughs> I remember being so, so yeah. embarrassed, like, and I think until like I was like fifteen or sixteen, like it just I didn't want my parents to know anything. And you know, when you're younger, people just say, "Will you go out with me?" Do you remember that? Do the kids still do that? <laughs> Will you go out with me? And then your yeah. boyfriend, girlfriend. Yeah, that doesn't really exist anymore. It doesn't? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I I wonder. Okay, we'll have to figure out how the kids do it these days. That was like when yeah. I was younger, that was like the thing. You said, will you go out with me? And then you were boyfriend and girlfriend and that made it the thing. Yeah. And then you didn't talk to each other or like ever really see each other. But it was just known you were boyfriend, girlfriend. I feel like that's like probably still the way that it goes for like younger people these days but I don't know I feel kind of <laughs> out of the loop with that right now <laughs> I, I don't think that's a, like at least with my experience I don't know if that's how it works for like older people anymore but I, I don't know I could be wrong <laughs> maybe I'm just not into the dating scene right now <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh well I think that's so special that you and your sister had that together and um yeah you'll remember that forever Oh, yeah. Now she, like, plays rugby and could, like, easily beat me up. So uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a miracle that, 
you know, I, I, I'm here today. <laughs> I mean, we fought a lot as kids, so it's just funny. I, I like think about it sometimes when I walk up to her and like literally have to like look up uh-huh. at her, uh, and I'm like, man, we, we got into it as kids. And I, if I tried that today, I'd be not here. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's important to remember that too. I, cause I, I fought like cats and dogs with my sisters too. And I have to remember that when my kids fight, cause I'm like, oh yes, like this is normal. We did this too. I remember like pinning my sister down on the ground, you know, <laughs> like hardcore. What did you, does your brother play a sport too? Uh, yeah, my brother was, uh, well, he's more of like an academic type. Um, but he also loves like gaming and stuff. Um, obviously like my sister did like basketball and volleyball, but because I'm the oldest and I was like pretty successful with running at a young age, like my whole family got into running at some point. So both of my siblings did a good bit of running and my brother actually has a couple state titles in uh, track. So oh, okay. yeah, he's run before and he's thrown jab. So like, um, yeah, that's like pretty much the only sport that he's like kind of done but yeah he used to do like flag football as a kid but that was like a long time ago (laughs) Mm, flag football's fun yeah this episode of the podcast is supported by athletic greens and i gotta tell you i am hooked on athletic greens i have been hearing about ag1 forever that is the athletic greens product that is filled with 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced nutrients in one convenient daily serving. You just put one scoop in, shake it up with eight ounces of water, start your day with it, get your energy going, and it will have you feeling balanced and supported, both your immune system, your digestive system. It has prebiotics, probiotics to help with your gut health, and it also provides metabolism, energy, and stress support. I wake up in the morning, I go straight to my cabinet to get my athletic greens, start my day like that. I love starting the day with a healthy habit, putting this nutrient-dense product into my body. I'm telling you, you gotta try it. They have a 60-day money-back guarantee. And when you go to athleticgreens.com slash Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y, you will get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five travel packs. You're going to want those travel packs. I took mine with me to Chicago for the race. And every morning in my hotel room, I had my AG1. It helps because you feel like, oh, I'm starting the day the same way I do at home, even when I'm on the go. And plus, when you're traveling, you might not get the nutrient-dense meals that you get at home. So it's that extra security blanket there as well. Like You know you're getting those 75 vitamins and minerals in when you take your AG1 in the morning. Again, go to athleticgreens.com slash Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y, and you will get that free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 plus five travel packs of AG1. All right, friends, back to the show. Your parents got you into running really young, though, and I know you've told this story a million times, but we have to... (laughs) The listeners need to know how and why you have 44 state titles in Louisiana <laughs> because you hear that number and you're like, how is that even possible? Cause, so can you explain that? Uh, yeah. So essentially Louisiana has this rule that actually doesn't exist anymore. They changed it <laughs> because of me. No, <laughs> uh, they, they did change it. I think probably I because of you, that, that I, I definitely was one of the people that started this trend of like, younger kids realizing that they could run at varsity because Louisiana does have a 
did have a rule where you could run varsity at any age as long as your school was like kindergarten through 12th grade under the same like principal. Um, and I went to a really tiny school that fit that criteria. So um, I was able to run, I could have run in like first grade, but <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I started running varsity in fifth grade. Um, and I won my first state cross country title when I was 10 years old. Wow. And that's since wild. Then, I just like kept going. <laughs> so um, yeah, I basically ran varsity for eight years. So I had like essentially like two high school uh, careers. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, that that racked up a good bit of, uh, of titles because I would like compete in cross country every year. And then I would do the I would like probably double at indoor nationals. And then I would quadruple at like outdoor national or not national, sorry, <laughs> at indoor state and then like outdoor state, I would like quadruple. Um, but yeah, Louisiana did have certain rules where like you couldn't uh, double at indoor track in the 1600 and the 3200 like you had to pick one or both or like one or the other and uh like pair it with like an 800 or something but yeah they did change it when I got into high school uh they did change it to like you had to be at least in like seventh grade or something because they're I think I think schools were starting to get mad that a lot of these like younger girls were coming in like beating high school girls it's wild I mean it's um, wild that you yeah. even could though like mm-hmm. that I mean the girls that win state are like so legit and you did it at 10 years old well I was in class C so it wasn't like like terribly like a massive achievement but like it like you know there were only like 30 girls at the class C cross-country meet but I mean like there was this one girl that was like defending champion for Mm -hmm. like three years and um I think she happened to be like sick that day um of my first state title so um I think she finished like fourth or something but uh yeah, I mean, not to like downplay it. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it was classy, but I mean, like, I would still compete against like a lot of the other like faster girls in the state as well, like throughout the season and um, fare pretty well. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, I can't believe that even as recently as when you were in high school and younger, that that was still happening, that you could compete that young. Yeah, there's definitely like, especially in the smaller school divisions, like private schools and stuff yeah. that, that like do have that, um, the chance to like compete at like seventh grade, like they'll, they'll, they'll start running in seventh grade and, and do really well. I think like a lot of people were getting upset because it was like, oh, like these, like the argument was like, these girls haven't like hit puberty yet. Yeah. Like, yada, yada, yada. it's like, well, I mean, if a kid wants to compete in a sport and they can do well, why would you discourage it? Yeah. So. What was that like for you? Like, when did you go through puberty and how did that affect your running and, and path? Because, I mean, some some athletes who've been r- running as long as you have been, like, really changes are still happening in college. Yeah, that's true. Um, I do think, like, endurance sports can, like, definitely, um, yeah, affect, like, how, how soon or, like, how early or how late you go through puberty. Like, I definitely know that that's a thing. Um, I personally went through it, I think probably between seventh and eighth grade. I think I was, okay. I think I was like 12 or 13. So fairly um, young. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, like a lot of endure, like a lot of girls like in the endurance world, like have talked about like, Oh, like I didn't get my like cycle until I was like 15 or 16. Like, but I, I mean, I don't know. I, 
I don't know. I can't speak for anybody else, but for me, I felt like it was like normal, maybe like on the earlier side, like I definitely did struggle with like, I did like gain a good bit of weight, but like, I feel like my dad really helped me. Like, um, my mileage was always low. Like I was never, you know, I definitely did experience like growing pains. Like I had some hip problems and like, um, I had like some knee problems, but we just like, played it by ear and like my dad like never forced me to do anything like I didn't feel like I couldn't do or like wasn't prepared to do like he was very good with um also my dad was my coach by the way in high school I guess I should have like said that but um but yeah he he was always there and like he understood he never wanted to like force anything because I think that there have been so many stories of like Mm -hmm. girls like younger girls being so successful before they hit puberty and then like hitting puberty and then like you know gaining a lot of weight or like being injured all the time. And like, he really wanted to avoid that because I think he could tell like if we played it smart and like played the long game, like I'd have a successful career like in college and like professionally, if I really wanted to pursue it. So I'm actually really thankful that he uh, was patient and like, you know, let my body take its time adjusting and stuff. So yeah, but I did definitely struggle with like the weight gain a good bit like mentally too like it's like wow I'm not used to seeing myself this way but like at the end of the day it's like you have to remember like this is important for your body to go through this and you have to let it take its time and run its course like it is hard to like see like college athletes who are like just now hitting puberty like in college um forcing themselves to like do things like, like, I I wish that like people would just be like, okay, like this is happening. Even if it's like a little bit on the later side, like maybe it's inconvenient, whatever, but like for you, for the longevity of your career and at, like as a female in general, like you need to let it run its course and be healthy. Um, that's important. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I you know that would be so hard in college though, when you like have all these really big goals and yeah. you might have to take a couple steps back while you're adjusting and that long game is so important, but I know when you're 19 years old, it's hard to see what the long game is. And especially probably for some of these girls who like, they aren't thinking about running professionally. And like, this is in their head, their long game. Like this is my college career. This is like what I've built up for. Mm -hmm, Definitely. I think like, I think just like being like straight up honest with your coach, like, and you know, like letting them know like what's going on, like your coach, like if they really have your like best interests in mind, they'll um, obviously like they'll be there to support you and they'll write a plan that's like right for you. And, and um, you know, you guys will have like good communication about it. And, and there will be like an understanding of like, even not as an athlete, like as a female, you need to go through puberty. <laughs> like yes. that's just a thing. Yes. yes. Um, so, you know, like, like, you know, having a coach that like cares about you, not as an athlete, but also like as a female and like individual, um, it's important. <laughs> so what's your dad's background to become your coach or did he just learn along the way with you, with you? Is he a runner? Uh, yeah, he did run. He ran in high school for Holy Cross in New Orleans, which is like a all boys school. Um, and then he ended up running for USL, which is like ULL now, or like University of Lafayette. Um, and I think he ended up stopping, uh, running in college, uh, due to like life circumstances, but, um, he did end up like picking up running again, like running with his buddies. He was like training 
some of his friends like run marathons. So he would like get fit and like try to pace them and stuff. And he ended up running like 17 marathons, like in his, (laughs) in his prime. And you're in Boston twice. There's actually this really cool picture hanging in his, uh, um room at home where uh it's it's like this massive framed picture of him on a a heartbreak hill and um so that's really cool uh I've gone through like old running albums and like seen some of the stuff that uh he's done and it's really cool um but yeah so that's like kind of his background and uh but he was more of like a like a miler 800 kind of guy in college so he he kind of has I'd like to think he has good range, and I feel like he kind of passed that down to me. I feel like I have decent range, so yeah, you got to <laughs> so, if you're running the steeple. Yeah, yeah, I feel like steeple is like a good. It's like you kind of have to have a little bit of speed at the end. You kind of have to have that like cross country or like five k, ten k strength. Like I don't know if I'll ever run a ten k. I'll run a five k. Oh, I bet but... you will. <laughs> Maybe at some point. I'm sure. I say this now. I I don't want to run a marathon, but I also feel like it's just like a rite of passage. Yeah. Like as a runner, like I'll probably never do it competitively, but just for fun, just to say that I did it. <laughs> I'm around marathoners a lot. So like Emma Bates, like Scott Fobble, um, you know, like Dom, Dominique Scott's going to like hit the roads at some point. So it's just like, uh, like it's kind of cool. Like, I don't know, watching the marathon, I get so emotional. I'm like, I don't even know if I could run the marathon. Cause I'd be like crying the whole time. Like, this is just, I'm so inspirational right now. <laughs> you ran the marathon recently. Yeah, I did. Yeah. New York. How was that? Um, it was miserable and super hot. <laughs> I heard it was really muggy. Yeah. It was super humid. I've run quite a few, but I, I don't know. I thought I was in decent shape and it was a struggle the entire run. <laughs> yeah, it looked it looked rough out very, there. <laughs> very hot. Um, what was I going to ask you about that? Oh, well, I'm just I'm going to say it here because I will tell you how I can't tell you how many people I've interviewed on this podcast like five years ago, and I talked to oh, them no. like five years later, and they I'm just going to say you know like what's Jenny Simpson up to? There's a lot of people that came from yeah. the fifteen. <laughs> steeple she's a steepler and um molly huddle i don't know there's a, i know she was a 10k but like there's a lot yeah. of people from the track that uh have uh moved on up so we'll see we'll we'll see where you what you're doing in like five ten years hopefully more like 10 but yeah <laughs> yeah 10 makes more sense five goes by real fast a lot of development yeah. for you in the next five years in steeple i hope so yeah i mean even just in the last year, there's been a lot. So hopefully, hopefully, yeah. And I mean, honestly, the event itself has um, evolved a lot in the last like five years, decade. Like, I mean, yeah. And tell me what you mean by that, like with the competition. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it wasn't even like an Olympic event until that long ago. And I feel like, um, you know, like Emma has been, you know, like consistently at the top in the world. And um, it's just like, kind of crazy to think how quick it's gotten like even just in the US like I remember steepling at the NCAAs um like oh gosh when was that last year (laughs) it feels like forever ago um just like seeing some of the times that were posted I was like oh my gosh (laughs) like whoa (laughs) knowing that that's what you wanted to then pursue too yeah exactly it's like okay like I've got my work cut out for me but at the same time it's like well I know that if everybody's getting quicker, like 
we'll all push each other to be better. So like, I'm not even complaining. It's like, I mean, it would suck to like go out and run like a 920 solo. I would much rather run a 920 with like, with like four other women around me and just like try and kick it out to the end. You know, <laughs> it's like a very different type of race. Like I would not want a time trial. And I'm, Oh gosh. <laughs> how do you not let those times intimidate you? Um, I feel like, I feel like they were definitely a little bit intimidating in college because I never really was like training with steeplechasers that much, but I feel like the amount of teammates that I have now that have like, already like run that fast or have like done something like similarly like equivalent just as far as like wow that's so impressive you know like like that's like a really good time um no matter like what event like just the caliber of like my teammates you know like just knowing what they're doing and that I'm like hanging in workouts now and that like you know I'm doing like what they have done like to get to that point like it it gives you a sense of like peace and like knowing like I am prepared to do this like it will be hard but like it will be so rewarding like if it's hurting at the the time like sometimes I think like no matter what like it's going to keep hurting like in the middle of the race like no matter what it's going to keep hurting but like do I want to like finish this race hurting the same amount but like be happy and like satisfied and like with this result and like remember it for a long time or do I want to remember it for like the wrong reasons of like oh this was like a bad lesson like I gave in to the hurt I mean like you're still hurting like you still have to finish the race like um you know like how do I want to feel about this race and this effort like after like do I want to feel good about it do I want to feel bad about it so like I feel like sometimes like I have to ask that question like when it starts to get hard and be like like I'm seeing like fast splits it's like well I could stay with this and I could keep going as, as far as I can, or I could just throw in the towel. It's like, why would I throw in the towel? Like I've done all the work. Like I only get a certain amount of time, times to race. So, um, that's like one thing COVID taught me was like, take advantage of every race. Like, why would you, why would you throw in the towel? (laughs) Because it's starting to hurt. Like I've hurt sometimes more in practice than I have in races. (laughs) It's like, I'm prepared. And like, I know that I can do this. And like having my teammates next to me too, is like, I don't know, it just something about it um I'm just doing my job like yeah. my job to do it and like I know that I'm prepared so I guess that's like what keeps it um not as intimidating <laughs> well you've been sharpening those skills for such a long time too you've been competing and even when you were competing at like 10 and 12 at yeah. that point you were competing at the highest level that you could you know at that yeah. point in your life so you've been like competing at these really high levels for such a long time, but it's now, now it's your first year pro. So how does that feel? Honestly, I feel like it's kind of like, I, my fifth year, I like had to spend a lot, like I had to spend most of the year running unattached and like traveling to Mm -hmm. professional meets. So, um, like I said earlier, like having that kind of like Mm -hmm. semi pro year where Mm -hmm. I was like, I was like not a professional, but I was kind con- like I was racing against professionals. Like it was like a pretty low stress situation. And I feel like that was kind of like my first actual professional year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, at least like mentally it helped me. Cause I feel like that is like the hardest part is, I mean, like obviously the training is different and it's harder. Like I just moved to altitude, like training with like Olympians and stuff. So it's like, but that's like what I wanted for myself. But um, so like I knew physically it was going to be hard, but I think mentally like your first year out of college is like, it's probably harder like mentally. 
um, because you like go from the top of the NCAA to just like being a freshman again, getting your butt kicked, like in races, even in mm. practice, like, um, sometimes you have to ask yourself, like, why am I doing this? Like, like, I know I'm going to get better. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's just like the more that you do something, the better you get at it. But, um, yeah, I just, I feel like having that fifth year to like practice, mm-hmm. like, sitting on the back of a professional group, like knowing like, okay, I might not be winning this race, but I'm still like running the best that I've ever run. Like knowing that like you have to sometimes just like put the blinders up and like focus on what you're doing. Um, I feel like that has helped um, me for my true like freshman year, like outside of college, like my first year pro. Um, Cause yeah, I mean like even in practice sometimes it's like, well, like, okay, I can't do what, like, some of the other girls are doing. Like, I, Joe's, like, assigning me. Like, you know, when we went up to Crested Butte, we were, like, assigned very different workouts. Sometimes Joe would, like, change my workout last minute, and I'd just be like, why? But then I'm like, okay, he's trying to protect me. He doesn't want me to be in, like, a big hole. And so, like, he knew, like, what was best for me, um, even though it, like, wasn't what everybody else was doing. You and wanted I wanted to do the whole like, thing. Myself, but, um, but, yeah, like, just, like, putting the blinders up sometimes and just being like, this is what's best for me. Um, and like accepting that, like sometimes what's best for you is not what everybody else is doing. (laughs) I love that you said he was trying to protect you. That's so good. Yeah. He, he he likes to err on the side of caution, which I'm actually so thankful for because the season's so long. Yes. You just want to be healthy and be happy. He wants to like set you up for success in a workout. He doesn't want you to like, there's just been horror stories of coaches just like running their athletes till they drop. And it's just like, that is not, that's like not the situation here. So, so I'm good. Glad. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like Team Boss has such a balanced perspective of work, play, fun. Yeah. I work, actually play fun, work, train, yes. fun, work, train, fun, fun. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, like, I think it's important as a professional athlete to, like, I mean, we spend so much of our time each day, like, like, in discomfort, like uncomfortably, like even like, like not even just physically, but also mentally, it's like, Hey, like I have to talk myself through, I just had my first 16 miler earlier this week. And so it's like, it's a long time to like talk yourself through like some discomfort that you're feeling and, um, kind of just being like in the box as they say. Um, but like, yeah, you have to be able to know when to like turn it on and turn it off. Some people I feel like are just way too intense all the time. And I feel like that's, it becomes unhealthy when you're like neurotic about certain things that like should just come like intuitively and like naturally. Um, I think that our team does a really good job of like having fun doing hard things together and like pushing each other to be like the best version of ourselves. Um, but like also, yeah, like we go and get ice cream like every week and like, we'll like, you know, our, we like, we're very relaxed, like normal people outside of, <laughs> outside of um practice which like I enjoy I want to like feel like a normal person um when I'm not like blazing it on the track you know blazing <laughs> like, I, I want to be it. able to like live a normal life as well <laughs> yeah uh how'd that 16 miler go what kind of run was it uh we actually did like a uh point to point which okay. is kind of fun uh it's called big techs you start in like lions which is like uh north of where we start and um and we basically do this like it's mostly dirt um there's like a few like uh there's like a few miles where it's like on asphalt but um yeah it's it's actually very hilly <laughs> we call it big text because there's like a 
big like statue of a cowboy in somebody's yard (laughs) where we like start (laughs) um but it's apparently like a pretty iconic uh run at least for like some of like the CU kids did back in the day so um yeah it's it's very hilly the first like probably the first like eight miles it's very like up and then like up and down and then the last like four miles if you just do like a 12 mile run usually it's like a 12 mile route but we add on a little bit um it's like all downhill the last like quarter so that's pretty nice you kind of get flying clicking off some like six flats so um yeah but the first half of it's kind of (laughs) like when you like start your first mile like just straight uphill at like 6 30 you're like okay I've got 15 more of these to go Uh (laughs) but luckily I've got some great company so um not terrible and that run is actually really enjoyable because I feel like a point to point is just it's so much better than like running loops yeah I don't know you're going somewhere you have a destination exactly yeah it's like I don't want to pass the finish line like three times like that's just a tease I don't want to do that (laughs) all right everybody one more quick break here to tell you about Viore are you wearing those performance joggers yet Viore has the most comfortable, flattering, versatile outfits on the market. I am telling you what, I have three pair of the performance joggers and I love them so much. I wish I could wear them 24 seven. I basically do. Uh, they have a men's performance jogger as well. And what I love about their clothes is they're, they're super soft and comfortable but you can kind of dress them up a little bit so you don't look like you're just in workout clothes, but they're also really good for working out in as well. They have really cute tanks that have a really great style. Like I like a high neck tank top and they have a lot of high neck tank tops. Go check them out. And for 20% off, you can just go to viori.com slash another, and that'll directly apply 20% off your order. As long as that's an email you haven't used with that code before. Um, It's viori, V-U-O-R-I, dot com slash another and you'll get 20% off your order when you go to that exact landing page we'll put it in the show notes at sandyboyproductions.com just click on this episode and you'll find it uh you can also get our show notes emailed to you directly you can sign up for that at the website as well sandyboyproductions.com all right friends i hope you enjoyed the rest of our conversation so was 16 year longest run by how much um i had i done i I done. <laughs> You're from Louisiana. I, I had done um, 15 the like a few weeks ago, but that was the last time that I, or that was like the first time I had done 15 since I think I want to say since college. Okay. Um. So, uh, and I'd only done 15 in college, like maybe like less than a handful of times. Um. So, yeah, and I mean we averaged. 621 on this 16 er so like that's I mean it's it's moving like pretty quick <laughs> like yeah. at altitude on a yeah. hilly run so yeah felt felt pretty good felt pretty good so um yeah I don't know if we'll get much higher than that uh, my mileage is getting pretty high but I thought it was a good effort <laughs> um no slam pretty to proud Lu- of it no slam to Louisiana everybody when I said that I'm from Indiana and, my, <laughs> and I have family that talks like that so I- no no all good all good. <laughs> Um, so you ran at Furman, which is like a smaller school and you just mentioned the CU team. So I'm curious what that's like transitioning from like a smaller 
collegiate program to going pro when you have a lot of these women like Danny and people on your mm-hmm. team that came from these like big programs? I think it's interesting, like specifically with the like girls from CU because they like we still do like mm-hmm. a lot of the same runs that like they do. Um, I think like I mean a lot of the girls on my team uh, like went to CU. Yeah, so, a lot of them. Um, yeah, a lot of them. So I think uh, I mean they. I mean Danny has basically said like she like doesn't really feel much like different. I mean, like, obviously like the training is different, but like we still do like the same routes and like all this kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, I mean, I feel like the Furman team was, uh, our coaches like kept a very small, um, roster. So there were only ever like a dozen girls on the team at a time. So this is actually not very different, uh, cause there only are like a dozen people on the team so far. And, uh, so it doesn't really feel much different. Um, we've got a lot of people doing a lot of different things though. Like we've got like marathoners, we've got more like the mid distance people like 5k, 10k. And then like just the people with weird range in the middle, yeah. I guess I fall into that a little bit. I'll yeah. see whatever <laughs> works out. But, um, but yeah, I, I'd say like the transition like was pretty good, like pretty easy. Uh, I mean, yeah, I'm, I've, en- I've enjoyed it. I enjoy how like the size of our team and, uh, and getting to like run with different people on different days and uh, kind of mixing it up a little bit and like working out with certain people on uh, certain workouts and yeah. And you pretty fun. three steeplers on the team. That's kind of cool. Cause that's steeple is unique and it's a little bit, spe- you know, not a little bit, it is specialized and you don't oftentimes see, I mean, I'm trying to think, you know, when Courtney Freyricks and Colleen Quigley were on the same team, but you don't normally see a bunch of steeplechasers on the same team. That's really special. Yeah, I think it, I think it's really awesome. Um, it's really fun to do like hurdle drills with uh, with Katie and Emma. And I didn't really do a ton of like steeple specific training with with either of them like a ton like this summer because, like I said, like Joe likes to approach it from like an individual standpoint, and I feel like, um, you know, like. Katie and Emma, like, I mean, we all have like great range, obviously, to like be like steeplechasers. But um, I think like somebody like Katie, like stride, like she just like loves um, like all of like the 5k, 10k stuff. So she like kind of approaches it like from that point, like Uh because the 3k steeple is like a interesting, like, like middle ground. (laughs) Totally. Um, So she kind of approaches it from like the 5k, like 10k point. And maybe I like do a little bit more like quicker like Mm k like 1500 type stuff to like prep for it so like i mean we definitely linked up in like a lot of workouts but um it's just very i appreciated that like um joe like took the time to like learn uh what worked best for us and like how we both approached uh, the same event like in a different way based off of like what our body like needed that's a big difference like specializing in the 15 versus like the 510 Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Katie's just like an aerobic monster. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, it's not surprising because her mom was a great marathoner. So like, um, yeah, she she's great with like all of like the like longer like reps and stuff. And I mean, she's also like super speedy, too. I mean, she's so fast. But like um, I kind of like struggle a little bit more with like the longer stuff. Um, and I think like, you know, if we're doing like a 
speedy track workout or something like I'll take like like some of the faster reps or something and like it I think we do a really good job like balancing each other out yeah yeah oh well more 16 milers under your belt you'll be uh, you'll be killing it with yeah, the aerobic I mean, we're, stuff we're, we're both like slowly gonna be in the middle <laughs> yeah that's right that's right you gotta you gotta get the the good the good balance the good range in there so yeah and getting to learn from emma i'm sure that's like probably something that you've wanted to do for a while and having the opportunity to be on the team and get to kind of watch what she does and how she composes herself in races and practice is probably a really cool experience. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been super awesome to learn from her. Um, yeah, I, I think like just, it, it's honestly helpful just to like turn your brain off a little bit and like, just follow the leader. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, that's, that's like kind of like what I did at USA's and it ended up working out pretty well. Yeah, I was you like, did awesome. Who, who can I follow that knows exactly what they're doing? And I was like, my teammate who I've literally trained with for the last like however many months, like why wouldn't I, like, you know? So yeah, it's, it's been great having her and um, a lot of the other girls too, like just helping out. Like, I don't know. They're, they're great. They're all, you know, if I have like a weird question or something like pertaining to running or to life, like they're always the first to just like give advice or um, help out in any way. And they're just all super great. And they all want everybody to succeed. So uh, fourth place at USA is like one spot for making a world <laughs> team has to feel that has to be a confidence booster. So fresh out of college. I mean, definitely considering I like didn't even make the final at the trials <laughs> last year. I mean, that's huge. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I definitely think that like there's there's like a lot of potential there, but I think like um, after that result, like I was like, wow, like there is like a lot of potential there. So um, you know, like the road is long and hard, but um, you know. It, it definitely was a really promising result. And, uh, you know, I was very happy with it. But I think, like, if you asked me this time next year if I would be happy with fourth, mm. I would say absolutely not. Good. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think, like, you can only go up from from there. And um, hopefully we get a good, you know, it'd be nice if we had, like, a, a sweep to make the team in Budapest. Wouldn't that be but, cool? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, we'll definitely be gunning for it. Uh, so, I mean, why wouldn't you aim to – make teams. So yeah, I think that was a really good result and uh, just kind of opened my eyes to be like, wow, like the stuff that we're doing is actually like, it's working, it's paying off. Cause I think earlier in the season, it was a little bit of a roller coaster. I was trying to like mm. find my footing a little bit coming back from our first camp in Crested Butte, like your body kind of has to learn to adapt to certain things. And um, you know, like it's, it's definitely, I had like a weird, race at Portland. Uh, it was like dumping rain. <laughs> it was not super great. Mm. Not a super great result for me going into USA's, but like knew that I was fit, like knew that I was ready to compete. Um, like mentally, like I had the confidence uh, to like go out with anybody that wanted to take it out. So um, yeah, I, th I think that was like finally my moment of like, okay, like it's working. We're, we're doing good. We're doing good. Like we've, we've only got like a few things we need to tweak and we've got years to tweak them. So like we're in a good spot. <laughs> it's a very good checkpoint. What did Joe, do you remember what Joe said to you before and after that race? I think like before the race, uh, 
I think like he just was kind of like put yourself in a position to, um, you know, like if somebody falls off, like go get it, yeah. you know, like, like why wouldn't you, you know, so he's just like, you know, stick behind whoever, like stick behind third place, essentially, like put yourself in a good position. And I think like after the race, like I think he was just, he was just really excited. Like <laughs> he was like jumping up and down, like <laughs> had a good hug. Like, you know, it was, it was, uh, he was very, very happy. Um, I think like he was just proud to like watch me, like put myself in it and like believe in like the work that we've done and, um, just like have the confidence of a professional athlete. Mm. So what's that like though, celebrating because you're celebrating something knowing like, okay, I'm one place off from making the team, but like, I know this was a good day for me. Yeah. I mean, I think it was more so like celebrating the kind of, yeah, just kind of like the mental jump of being like, okay, like I'm here. I like, I deserve to like be here. I'm going to attach myself and make some hard decisions. And like, you know, I mean, yeah, like I, I didn't make the team, but you know, I think like next year, like have like an extra gear shift at the end. Like, I mean, obviously every race, will be different, but, um, like having that one under my belt, like knowing what we need to build on, what we need to work on. Like, it was more so just like a celebration of like, I'm like proud. I mean, also like I ran the world standard at the time. So that was like a big deal. I PB that weekend by like 13 seconds. You run like 923 or <laughs> so, I ran 925. The standard at the time was 930. Okay. Um, but I think just like, um, yeah, just like That's celebrating that like one decision to like be like, no, I'm going to stick myself in this. I'm going to, I'm going to be annoying as hell. I'm going to like, I'm going to scare some people like, you know, like that's, you know, you're just like one extra gear from, from making the team. So like, I think just like making that, like having that champion mindset of like, doing the hard thing and like putting myself in it. I think like that was what we like celebrated that day besides like the 13 second PB. <laughs> 13 second. Is that what you said? Yeah. Like, over the weekend, I had PB'd in the, in the prelim as well. Okay. Um, by like, by like six seconds. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I came back cause I ran like 932. My PB going into that weekend was 938. Wow. And I ran a 9.32 and then a 9.25. Wow. And what did that 32 to 25 feel like? The 32 actually felt so, so smooth. Okay. Um, yeah. I, I didn't even realize that we were going that fast. That was like the, that was like the smoothest I've ever felt running a steeple ever. And so that's when I knew that I was ready to rip a good one in the final. That's <laughs> huge wow I know like and it felt smooth but my my hurdling was so bad and so which I one like, wow, if I, oh, the if first I one? felt good doing that bad hurdling like we're in good we're in a good spot <laughs> that's awesome so now we know what we need to work on yeah <laughs> it was more so like I just uh Joe basically told me no gaps mm. um so I took that very literally and I love running up on people's butts so I was like <laughs> literally on top of like Courtney and uh like Madison Borman <laughs> and like I was just like literally sandwiched in between them uh -huh. and uh, I would just like not give myself any space to like hurdle so I would just be like dodging. did you get nervous that you were gonna either trip up yourself or someone else doing that uh 
honestly, I kind of, I kind of like um, being like on top of somebody a little bit. <laughs> like it's, it kind of puts some pressure on them yeah. and like, they don't really know what's going on behind them, but I have a clear view of like what's mm-hmm. happening. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be a little mentally like scary sometimes. I don't, I don't know. Like it, it, it can be like a little bit of a mental game, but um, I kind of like just having no gaps because like once you do yeah. let a small gap form, like you, you have to make a decision of, am I going to, am I going to let this gap build or am I going to like take like 10 hard steps and like try to close it? Like you're like fart licking a little bit. So it's like, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna run up on somebody and they're basically like going to run the race for me. (laughs) Like take all the decision-making out of the window. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I love that. So tactical track and field, man. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So what are you most excited about right now? What's the race you're doing? Uh, I, I mean, like we haven't really like said anything publicly yet, okay. but we're definitely hoping, hoping to do like a fast 5k, um, okay. this indoor season, like obviously we've been putting in a lot of high mileage and, uh, running some 16 mile long runs. So, uh, yeah, like I definitely think this is like the most like prepared I've ever been for a 5k. Um, so I'm really excited about that. And, uh, I think like coming up obviously I'm excited to like steeple but I do think like we'll do a couple of fast indoor races try and get into some like bigger invitationals um I didn't really feel like I had an indoor season last year I feel like Joe still wanted to kind of build some fitness and um you know like maybe race a couple of like miles or 15s to like get an idea of like where we were at but um I mean he told me like a couple days ago like yeah like we'll we'll race um indoors so I'm excited about that because I do really like indoors um, but other than that, yeah, just like next USA's, uh, for steeple, I'm excited about that. Um, maybe like some races abroad, hopefully, uh, next year, uh, I took a trip to Europe with Katie, um, just for fun. <laughs> oh, you did? Um, yeah. Uh, in August, we, we spent about a month in Europe. We really? like traveled to a couple of diamond leagues, uh, just to watch. And you didn't Because you were like. No, <laughs> that's <laughs> that was so like fun. Yeah, yeah. So we got to like watch Emma and Corey and like a couple other friends like run really fast at the Diamond Leagues. And so that was really fun because I feel like now I know how to like navigate that, um, like navigate being abroad and um, like some of the travel stresses of all that kind of stuff. And like I've seen all the stadiums that hopefully I'll compete at in the future. So yeah, and you're not going to be uh, able to do it like that again, like for exactly, a long yeah. time, probably. <laughs> Yeah, so it was a really, it was a really, really awesome experience. So I'm looking forward to like hopefully heading over um, and competing in some like diamond leagues or some races abroad, um, like later in the fall, if it checks out with my schedule. So yeah, yeah. smart choice doing that. And, like, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's your off season. You can actually just have fun and not stress about any kind of racing. Oh, it, it was, it was. Ugh. It, it was too much fun. That's good. That's so good. <laughs> it, was, it was actually exactly what I think we needed after like our first year. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was like a good time to like check out because I feel like a lot of people just rush back into training and stuff. But like mentally, I feel like you do need to like take some time off and just like enjoy being like a normal human being. Yeah. And um, that was like that was just perfect and exactly what we needed. We didn't even know that we needed it until we started training again. We were like, wow, like 
we were ready to get back into it. And that's when you know you did your off season right. Yeah, totally. Um, cool, cool. Well, this has been super fun. Let's wrap up here with into podcast. What's something professionally or personally you'd like to do that you haven't done yet? Obviously, make a world's or Olympic team. But I think like, um, I think I feel like breaking like nine ten is like a really big deal in the steeple. Yeah, um, would definitely like to do that. That's on the list. Um, and yeah, like I said, like race in some diamond leagues abroad. That's like something that I really want to do. I didn't even ask you about your art because I know that you are an artist. Oh yeah, <laughs> I've been moving, so I haven't I haven't really like had the space or time to like do any art. But I I did like recently upgrade uh, to a bigger space so that I could start doing my art. Oh really? Um, that was one that, of the reasons you have more yeah. space. Yeah, so that's exciting. Um, so yeah, hopefully hopping back on the horse pretty soon. Um, but yeah, I guess maybe one thing that I haven't done yet uh, that I would like to do with that kind of stuff is learn 3D animation. I've only done 2D so far. So um, that 3D requires a lot of like uh, software knowledge that I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> so, uh, But yeah, teaching myself all of that, like that would be really cool to, to kind of learn all of that kind of stuff. What did you major in something related to art in college? Um, yeah, I graduated with communication in 2020, but then I re-enrolled and I had, I really enjoyed taking art classes at col in college. So I actually had completed like half of the studio art major as like electives um, prior to like re-enrolling during COVID. So um, I really only had like a handful of classes to finish to complete the studio art degree. Um, but technically my emphasis is like graphic design. Um, they didn't have an animation track or whatever. I, it was like mainly self-taught. So, um, but yeah, I did like a two and a half minute, uh, animation for my senior project and it was, it was fun. It that took a lot so of hard. years off my life, I think, but it, <laughs> it was very, very rewarding. <laughs> that sounds so intense, like so challenging. Yeah. It was it was fun, though. I, I did learn a lot. My professors were very, very supportive. Um, they gave as many uh, helpful tidbits as they could, but nobody was really like into animation. Um, so I kind of I kind of had the freedom to just explore it myself and they were supportive. And yeah, it, it was really fun. I enjoyed it. What's your dream job in that industry? Um, I would love to work for Pixar. Mm, that's yeah. awesome. That would require me to like move um, to uh, San to Francisco yeah, area, I think. Yeah. yeah, which not complaining. It's a great area, but uh, I'm not there with my running career yet. I want to stay in Boulder for a good while yeah. and train. So, um, but yeah, I, I definitely do have like a plan B for life after running. Yeah. Uh, which sometimes I don't know if like a lot of people have that or they don't know what they want to do. But I feel lucky that I know my calling and I, and I want to pursue it. <laughs> yeah. You have double passions there. Um, when you said you have more space though, like is the space, like, are you drawing too? Cause when you, you were talking about doing stuff on the computer. Yeah. So I, I actually do do a lot of, um, I, I do, I work with multiple mediums. Um, mainly I need a lot of space for painting. Okay. Um, so I did, uh, I get, I got a two bedroom, uh, in the same place that I was previously. Um, uh, so I just like 
I'm in the same building even. I just like moved up and downstairs. Okay. Um, But yeah, so I have like a second bedroom that I will be using as like a studio space slash like um, my parents are going to retire soon. So they want to come up and visit more often. And uh, so yeah, I got like a little bit of a space for them. And it's kind of just nice to have a little bit of extra space. Oh, for sure. That's so awesome. You can unwind (laughs) from your runs with your painting. Yeah. (laughs) What's the best, most recent book you've read? Um, I have been uh, reading. Oh, I'm currently reading. Oh, I, I've been bad with reading recently, but um, and I forget who it's by. But I picked up a book at an airport recently, and uh, I was actually speaking of art, like right up my artistic alley. It's called um, "Portrait of an Unknown Woman." Um, it's very interesting. It's about this guy who was like, um, an Israeli spy. He like retired, um, in Venice and like, he's into, it's, he's into like art restoration. And one of his friends gets like caught up in like this conspiracy that he was like selling fake paintings that were like super expensive. So he has to like, I don't know. It's, it's very interesting. It gives a lot of insight into like the, um, like dark side of like, uh, the art the artistic world and like like reselling like old paintings and like you know a lot of like fraud with that um it's very interesting I like it um yeah that's probably the only like thing that I could think of off the top of my head that was not a a super great uh synopsis but (laughs) (laughs) no it's fine it's very interesting it's it's action-packed and um yeah I I like it because it has to deal with like art so and traveling abroad like I feel like I have a cool perspective now that I've been to like Italy and uh, I haven't been to Venice, but it's on the list. So uh, I enjoy reading about like European life. <laughs> I wonder if I should change the question to just best. Sometimes I'm like best book you've ever read, you know, because mm-hmm. sometimes people are like, I haven't read a book in like five years. So best, most best recent book- or best book. <laughs> best book I've ever read is probably Clockwork Angels. And I forget who that's by too, but I just loved that book for some reason. Oh, I've never even heard of that. It was really good. Um, yeah, I can't, I can't even begin to explain. It's been years since I've read it, but all that I know is that it was my favorite and will probably be my favorite for a long time. Um, but that, it's it's like fiction. Um, okay. Yeah. I, I'm more into like the fictional stuff and like fantasy, like um, – my artistic side I guess yeah Yeah. (laughs) who's someone fun motivating or inspiring you'd like to have coffee tea or cocktail with hmm I feel like I would take Allison Felix out for tea I love that answer let me tell you and I'm not even ashamed to say it I have been trying to get Allison Felix on this podcast for six years oh and she's been on other shows and I I I feel like (laughs) in the track and field and running world like I've been able to book some great names, but I yeah. <laughs> I cannot get a yes out of her team. And um, so I'm just putting it back out in the atmosphere again. I mean, I mean, yeah. I literally <laughs> multiple times a year. I mean, I that is when I started the show, it was like people would be like, who's your dream guest? And this was in like 2016. And I was like, Allison Felix still is. Yeah. You're still my dream guest, Allison. <laughs> yeah. I mean, gosh, she's accomplished so much. And like, just the way that she's like stood up for herself and, and, you know, she's a mother. Um, I think that that's really awesome. Like some of the stuff that she's done and um, obviously she's like seen and 
I guess, like done it all. So like she, she just would have such an interesting story and, and so many, I just love asking her questions about her experiences and life. And yeah, I feel like she'd be really cool to have tea with. Invite (laughs) me to your tea. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) What's your last message to leave with the audience? Um, I would say I've done a lot of reflecting this fall because I, I'm just in a very different spot than I was last fall. Um, getting like dropped in a lot of workouts and just like not really knowing how to live the professional life yet. Um, but I feel like fast forward to now, like I feel very good with where I'm at and um, have like some good good rhythm going and stuff. And so I, I would say like good things take time. I feel like we always have this like sense of urgency to like accomplish our goals and don't get me wrong. Like it's important to like actively pursue things, but like um, I think that good things take time. And uh, one of these, one of the quotes that keeps popping up on my Instagram page lately is um, actually life is beautiful and I have time. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's really nice because I feel like sometimes if we don't accomplish something within a time frame we like set for ourselves, that doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Um, sometimes we need to learn that certain things first, or we need to go through point A to get to point B. Like, you know, like it's very, nothing's ever linear. It's always kind of like, woo. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's a path and it's winding and long and um, just trusting the process and uh, not, not rushing it. That is beautiful. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) All right, friends. Thanks for being here today. Thank you, Gabby, for coming on the show. Loved getting to know you, rooting for you. Cannot wait to see what happens next in your career. Follow Gabby. She is the underscore Gabs on Instagram. You can find me. I'm lindsayhine626 on Instagram, at lindsayhine on Twitter. We have a great Facebook group. I'll have another podcast with Lindsay Hine. You want to learn more about what we talked about in this episode, the show notes are at sandyboyproductions.com. And if you sign up for our newsletter over there, you can just be added to our weekly newsletter that gets distributed. So these show notes, sponsor links and codes will all be emailed directly to you once per week. Um, Just go to the website to sign up, sandyboyproductions.com. You can sign up in the I'll Have Another tab. Uh, All right, friends. I appreciate you. If you do love this show, please consider leaving us a quick rating interview. It takes two seconds on iTunes. It's just a really great way to help new listeners find us. And also, like, when people go look at the show, they're going to go look at the reviews and be like, is this show any good? You can be helpful with that if you just leave a quick rating interview. Thanks for being here. Have a great rest of your day. And we will see you next week on All Have Another.